Let's do it. This is going to be the best interview ever. Intention set. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Princess and the Bee. I am so, so, so excited for this guest because holy moly, this woman blows my mind. This is not the first time I've interviewed her, though. I did interview her earlier, like about a year and a half ago when my baby was pretty much first born. And I had to bring her onto this podcast now that we have this podcast out, um, just because she is an amazing mom of four children. And the woman I am talking about is the talented, multi-passionate Lucy Lampy. She is mama four, like I said, holy moly, a wife, a speaker, a coach, the author of Achieving Sexy and the Sexy Mama Manifesto and the Sexy Mama Morning and the founder of the Sexy Mama Movement and the co-founder of Ruthlessly Committed with her husband, Ryan. And through deep coaching, she helps clients discover their life purpose and create thriving relationships. Her work has been featured in on the Huffington Post, Forbes, Entrepreneur.com, CBS, and Fox. Like this woman is dynamite and she does it all with four kids, which is um, unbelievable. So welcome to the Princess and the Bee, Lucy. I couldn't oh my God. better guest to come on for That's right like now. That's like the best intro ever. I swear so many people say the same words, but <laughs> your energy is just so amazing. I oh, freaking love you. you. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> like, I know that as much as, as great as that intro might have been, it, I know it did not do all that you do justice. So Give us a little backstory. How did you get started in doing this? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. There's so much. <laughs> so, so let's just, let, I'm going to, I'm going to just keep it to, to where the sexy mama movement got started. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2014, just the, the, the week of Thanksgiving, we had our third daughter and that was the hardest. We thought it would be so easy. Cause we're like, oh, we have two kids. We got this shit. You know, they're, they were um, almost six and seven and we'd gotten to the school years and, and they were wiping their own butts and making their own breakfast in the mornings and, you know, all that good stuff, showering themselves. Oh, so, so nice good. having that independence. So good. Not there yet. <laughs> not, not there again yet. Not yet. But then we went back into baby world and it was, it was unexpectedly challenging, like more, way more challenging than we thought it would be. And um, especially for our second oldest daughter, who had been the baby for almost six years. And so that was, that was a tough, tough first year. But um, six weeks after Vivi, our third daughter, was born, I just felt like this, this, this stirring and this inkling to birth something else. <laughs> that wasn't enough. 
It's like when your world's already turned upside down, why the hell not? Just turn it around some more. And I decided to start this business. And really my, my intention behind this was I was already doing this kind of work with women in person. And I wanted to leverage my time and do more online so that I could spend more time with the baby and with the kids and with Ryan and our whole family. And um, I, I wasn't sure where it was going to go from there, how it was going to develop, when I would have my first event, any of that stuff, um, or that the books would happen. But I just wanted for sure to keep that kind of impact on women and especially moms and, uh, and bring it online to, to spread the reach. Um, so from there, you know, the, the podcast was launched, um, the website, different programs, coaching, started doing events, um, the books, um, writing for other publications and things like that. And, um, and yeah, it's just, it's just this unfolding, you know, how, you know how it is, right? Like you just keep following your heart and, Oh, this, this seems like my inspiration is leading me there. And then one thing leads to another. So that's where we're at now. I love it. And I have to give you a little backstory, guys, because Lucy and I actually met back oh, right. in our Hollywood days. Seriously, on like one of the last films I think I ever did um, back in like 2012. And I was already yes. impressed with her back then because she was a recording artist and she had some music out. And let me just pause it right there because I want to make sure that I shift my internet connection and I will totally edit this part out, but my- Oh, no. <laughs> be back? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Can you see me? Okay, cool. Can you hear me? Yes, I can see okay, you. Yeah, yeah my internet okay, just got like really wonky. I was like, oh, it suddenly went programmed <gasps> to the wrong internet. So I'll oh, just no. edit that. Okay, okay. No big so, yes, Lucy and I met on this, on this film- show. I wasn't quite sure what it was, but yeah, we, yeah. we met. And that was back when you were working as a recording artist. You still had two daughters, which I was already floored yeah. by because you're so young. And that, and then I saw this sexy mama movement burgeon forth from her, from this heart centered place. And I think you and I had a very similar motivation in, in starting both of our companies. Cause I also, yeah, like my son was my largest motivator for going into the virtual coaching space and mm. owning a digital business instead of one that's really location bound. Yes. So obviously your kids are such a huge inspiration for you. Yeah. How has that shifted or changed as you've gone from three to four? So I, you know, really not a whole lot change from three to four. The big, the big, like expansive, painful shift was from two to three, mm -hmm. but we already mentally prepared ourselves to have another kid after she was born. So there's also that like, oh my God, we got to figure this shit out now. Cause we're going to have another kid <laughs> we have to really turn this ship around. And, you know, so when Ezekiel was born, it was, it was just, you know, uh, um, what's the best way to describe it? I mean, it's like just one more. <laughs> Not that he doesn't count very much, but he's, and he's our only boy too. And, and, and things were very different. I also was in a very challenging season of life in general and another level. Mm -hmm. um, when I was pregnant with Ezekiel, I started breaking out with um, horrible eczema that they couldn't describe. They thought it was some pups 
you know, pups pregnancy condition. They thought, oh, it'll get, it'll go away when you have the baby, but it only got worse because it wasn't a pregnancy thing. It was an autoimmune stress, not taking care of myself, my husband being, um, you know, not participating in life and being depressed and not showing up and me taking on everything. So it only got worse and worse and worse. So that first year of Ezekiel's life was just keeping my head above water and surviving. Um, so I feel like my husband was my biggest child during that time. <laughs> <laughs> Ezekiel was like my escape. I go, oh, go sit with the baby, you know? But um, yeah, no, no, the, the third, third baby was definitely the most challenging. Yeah, uh, I, I, I just, I love the fact that you and, and your husband, Ryan, are so open about talking about that very vulnerable place that you were in a few years ago. Um, Cause it's, I didn't know you had eczema and you broke out from like stress eczema. I had yeah, this It lasted thing. over a year. Yeah. I had the same thing and it would always come like before I launched, before I really took crown yourself pro, I had the uh-huh. same exact thing. I would get it in the same spot pretty much seasonally because I was oh. just not in a healthy place and my stress levels were through the roof and I was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. So I, and your like, body shows it. Your you body does. Yep. There's no it's running like, from that. It's fine. Like, okay, um, we can't keep doing this. I, well, my big wake up call was when one morning I woke up and my eyes were, my eyelids were almost swollen shut. Wow. And I couldn't put my contacts. I could barely see, like I was, I was driving like this. <laughs> I remember I had a client that I was seeing in person that day and, and she was like, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> I can't, I showed up. <laughs> Let's get to work. Um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And that, that is something though I, that I love about you is that no matter what, you really show up wherever you are, vulnerable, whatever state that you're in, you show up and you own that shit. Like I, like, <laughs> Thank, one you. Of my, Thank you for like, that. that is huge. That is huge. Like one of my biggest things, one of my girlfriends calls me like the queen of ownership. Mm, and I'm like, yes. no, I think Lucy might possibly be <laughs> extreme ownership. There's a book I think called extreme ownership. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Because seriously, you, you own the, the past experiences. And one of the experiences that really was powerful for me that, that you shared openly um, prior to the release of your Sexy Mama Manifesto was how you got pregnant with your first kids. Yes, kids. yes, yes. Yep. And in fact, Vivi, our third kid was also our first planned one. Because mm-hmm. our second one, we were like, well, we already have one. So let's just not try to not, you know, we'll just see what happens. And like the week after I weaned Callie, I got pregnant with Alexi. But yeah, yeah, no, it was just that, that I really carried that shame around for so many years. And for a solid number of years, I even forgot. I even forgot about it because I felt so ashamed that I had lied to my husband for so long. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens when you, when you have this break of integrity with yourself and you just, it's like disintegrating. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you lose trust in yourself and you, you lose faith in yourself and you can't, you know, take yourself seriously. And, and that was one of the really big foundational things in our relationship that started to set a different course. Mm-hmm. 
people will say, and actually I shared that story with someone the other day and, and they were like, oh, you know, I feel like a lot of people do that. So anyways, to give you guys some backstory for those who don't know, I was just like, about what to the ask, I was like, I, I, yeah. love, I love this. I also feel like intrigue. <laughs> intrigue. Everybody knows. What did she do? <laughs> so, so when, when Ryan and I got married, we were, we were young. We were 20. I turned 21 on our honeymoon cruise and I could finally drink. <laughs> Legally, <laughs> I had champagne. I had a glass of champagne. I was like drunk all over the place. Um, <laughs> I was like, it's fresh. It's hilarious. And uh, we had talked about having kids, you know, five or 10 years down the road. I was going to pursue music and he was going to pursue a different career in the military. He was going to cross train and do, become a SEER instructor and do some crazy shit that he always wanted to do, extreme stuff. And um, he was a crazy guy. I, he did things that people should not be able to do with their bodies and actually survive. And I knew this about him. I loved that about him. And yet it scared me like crazy because I, I wanted to have this man's babies and I wasn't sure if I was going to get to after all is said and done. I just, I was, I was really afraid. But instead of communicating that fear to him and, and getting clear on what it is that I wanted, like, Hey, I really want to have a family. Why don't we do this now? Like, you know, let's talk about it. I didn't know. I, I didn't have those tools or the awareness or any of that um, to the degree that I do now. And I, I, what I did instead was I stopped taking my birth control pills. And I told him because also it just so coincided that I was taking antibiotics for a bronchitis mm. thing that I had. And so that was how I covered it up. I was like, oh, it must be the antibiotics. You know, um, it, it like affects birth control. And he bought that story and he would just tell the story to all his friends, like, I have super sperm, you know, they got through, <laughs> got through the, the barrier, the hormones, <laughs> like, oh my God. But I just felt more and more and more ashamed of myself for lying to the, the man that I had committed to living life with and being one with and like, mm-hmm. you know, sharing everything with. And this really, really big piece of that changed our entire lives there was, it was on, on a foundation of lie of this lie. And so when I finally decided to, um, when was it that I, I told him, it must've been just uh, two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. It was, it was the fall two and a half years ago. And, and he was like, Oh, okay. He wasn't outraged or anything, but he, but I was so relieved. Mm-hmm. And, but then he, we agreed to keep it between us. Mm-hmm. But then later on, we were both at this leadership training and it came out during one of the exercises in front of the whole room. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what, what did you just do? You just told everybody my secret. First mm-hmm. of all, it's not like it just impacted me, you know, but I felt betrayed. I felt ashamed. I felt all these different things. And that's when I realized, okay, you know what? I just need to put it out there. I can't, I, you know, just telling him wasn't enough to set me free. I needed to really um, expose that and become free because this whole movement for moms, I mean, the way that I became a mom, it was, it was just a no brainer. I'm like, I have to tell, I have to tell people about this. So when I finally did, um, you know, it's just, you just, you own up to it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't change the fact that I have my daughter 
or that I have any of my kids. It's not about that. It's not about going back and changing the past. It's just acknowledging that I did that and there's an impact and I caused a disconnect and a mistrust and pain and all this stuff. And here's what I'm committed to now. Mm-hmm. And this is what I want. And so not getting stuck because people are so afraid to look at the past and own up the stuff that they did in the past. We're like, oh, it's, it's in the past. You don't want to look back. But then we rob ourselves of so much power where we, where we don't own up to the things that, that are in the past. It's not just water under the bridge. So anyway, but that's what happened. I, I so honor that you went there because your bravery actually to do that would allowed me to come out with something that I had really not shared about and kind of lied about, which was my first marriage. Oh, I had not really, I, everybody thought I was engaged uh, because I had run off with this military guy two weeks before he deployed. Very romantic, (laughs) but it was also very, very movie ish, especially when you're in the back of like a, complex in a corner area of Van Nuys getting married by a reverend with a ponytail <laughs> who, as you're fighting about like the fact that you don't want to take his name says should I give you a minute you should probably listen to that guy <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that detail <laughs> yeah oh my God. But I had such a level of shame around around that experience and then shame around hiding it that mm. even when I got married a lot of my closest friends still didn't know that I had been married prior because mm-hmm. we had never combined finances or lived together. By the time he came back, I was just like, you, we have no idea who each other are, really. That was just young and 22. But when you came out with that story, that was something that really inspired me to come out with that level of integrity and tell the, like Spike already knew. He was actually one of the people who, when I first met him, I was like, yeah, by the way, I was married. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, I said, here's, here's everything I am, flaws and all, this is who I am. And I always say that Spike was my experiment in absolute brutal honesty. Ah, but, but, when, but when you came out with that story, I was like, you're right. I need to be more in integrity with my past and own the fact that that happened and that that was something that actually set me up to be in the relationship yeah. that I am. And I love yeah. the fact that your husband today is just amazing. And he like... He, like mine, he treats you like a queen. Yes. He even calls yes. you it. Yes. So no, that's tell still me like more about how, how your relationship has evolved from that place of, of fear into a really place where you are actually ruthlessly committed to each other and to making it work, especially through that period of, of his own depression that he's, he went through. Yeah. Oh man, that is a loaded, um, loaded question slash conversation. There's so much that goes into that. I mean, during those two years, uh, you know, he, he was a stay-at-home dad for many years after he got out of the military. And so I had to figure out a way, like I was going, you know, full force into music career, entertainment and, and, uh, and training and coaching. And meanwhile, he's over here feeling neglected mm-hmm. and feeling like, he wasn't very significant. He needed more of me, no matter how much he got, it was never enough. And then I felt guilty about that. Like I'm not giving him enough attention, but I have so much I want to do. Not even like I have to work, but I want to, and I want to create and I want to put things out there and I want to be with the kids. And he just felt like he was last. And I did put him last. 
know, I didn't know how to, how to like really love him because there was so much of myself that I was not loving mm. and so much of myself that I rejected. And he's just a big mirror of that. So I was like, ah, I don't like this of you. So <laughs> go away. Um, but during those couple of years that he was, he had like lost his identity. He didn't know what to do. He, he would sleep until afternoon and um, play video games and um, the pain the best that he could. Um, I had to figure out a way to work and sustain the family financially, but also take the kids to school, do like the main stuff, you know, do things around the house uh, or delegate them to him. It'll be very specific. Like, can you please do this today at this time? And I just had to, uh, I took on a very masculine role and I did not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of course that's not sexy. I, that is, it's not for me. I don't know about anybody else, but I know a lot of people actually, it's not. So I focused on growth in myself mm-hmm. and I started doing more, um, workshops and seminars and events and, and it, it, like the books, the self-help books were just not cutting it. It wasn't enough. I needed an immersive experience, something that would really crack me open. And I, I knew, I had always known that I had had trouble connecting with my real feelings, like those deep emotions, the deep pain, the childhood stuff, the, you know, my, my, seeing my father try to commit suicide, seeing my parents split up and then my mom remarry a few months later, like all this stuff that I had never processed. So um, the first big thing was me exploring those things in myself, which was scary as hell. And, and he thought that I was just going off the deep end a little bit. Like, oh, she's just going through another phase. She's going through, whatever. This is not, this is not perfect. She's like, she's just going to be the same person she's always been. But when that woman began to show up more consistently and, and he saw that she was here to stay, there was a lot of pushback. There was a lot of like, who do you think you are? Like, get away from me with that Tony Robbins shit. You know, <laughs> and I quote, <laughs> one of my favorite quotes over the kitchen counter. I'll never forget that moment. And I was like, okay. And then I would just replay some, some like Tony Robbins line in my head. <laughs> like, We're still in positive intent, you know? And, and, that, and that's how I got through that time. Mm-hmm. And then he started to see things differently and get these little glimpses of like, okay, things don't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. And when he realized, when he got the news that his physical injuries were not going to heal themselves, like it, it's not something like you just sprain an ankle and you, and you get better. That's when he had to make the decision like, okay, am I going to be this person forever and be a victim to my body? Or am I going to like decide to live differently? And, um, and then he went to the, his first transformational um, event and he came back just a crazy on fire person again, like more alive than I'd ever seen him. And that was for, for 14 months ago. That was just 14 months ago. Yeah. You said something that I, that, and I've seen it in a lot of your live streams about the people around you being your mirrors. And I totally ag- agree with you. Like when, whenever Spike and I have had 
issues. Like we went through a period after Declan was born that was challenging having, having our first child and, and I yeah. was starting to mirror behavior that I had seen my mom and mm -hmm. how she treated my dad. And I see that a lot. Right. I'm sure you see it in your coaching clients as yep. well. Like immediately when a big transition, like having a baby or getting married, you start to mirror the, the, the behavior that you saw nor of your, the people of your caregivers initially growing yeah. up. Yeah. And that during that period, there were many things that I was not liking within myself that I was projecting a hundred percent onto him. And I think that that's, that's something that you come out so vulnerably about with your daughter in specific with, uh, I think it's Callie. Yes. It's, a, it's Alexi is the big Alexi. one. Yeah. Alexi yeah. is the big one. So how are your children constantly teaching you and, and how do you also deal with, with people who project their own limitations onto your kids or their, their own mm. limitations onto your kids? Mm, that's a good question. You know, I hadn't thought about that last one very much, like how they project their stuff onto our kids. I, I feel like I, if anything, they project it more onto me. Mm -hmm. But as far as with the kids, um, I mean, I'm always, I'm always learning. It's, it's, it's a constant awareness and just being conscious and not suppressing the triggers. Like just two days ago. Okay. <laughs> this is perfect. Two days ago in the morning, Alexi had all this time to get ready and Callie leaves for school earlier because her middle school starts a little soon, a little earlier. Mm -hmm. And Alexi was like, she had 30 minutes and nothing was done from like the, the one time that I saw her to 30 minutes later, her hair wasn't brushed, her clothes weren't changed, her socks, teeth weren't brushed, like nothing. And I'm sitting here thinking like, what have you been doing for 30 minutes? You know, what, what the hell? And I started feeling myself getting frustrated with her. Now I don't have these like super explosive um, moments where I'll just lash out at mm -hmm. them. It's been a while. So when I start to feel it bubble up, I know better than to try to put it away because then it will come out later after some buildup or it's going to come out at the little kids or it's going to come out at Ryan. And so I felt that coming up and I was like, okay, just don't unleash on her. Like just five minutes, I'm going to drop her off and then I will handle my shit, you know? Yep. So I took it, but I was just thinking, I'm like stewing. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what is this really about? Mm -hmm. And um, I know that one of my biggest peeves is wasting time, like not being intentional about my time, which is one of the reasons that I'm, I can get so much done because it's all very intentional. Mm -hmm. And yet there's all this breathing space and flexibility of like, okay, these are the really important things that I want to get done today. These other things, if something comes, you know, it's secondary. It's, it's life. Kids get sick. Stuff happens. So I know that this is a thing, you know, that I'm working on. So I drop her off. And one of the ways that I energetically release my rage, I'll do this process called a stack, but that takes a long time. I needed something fast. Mm -hmm. So on the way back in the car, I just like screamed my head off for five minutes and, and said all the things that like, you just cannot say to any other human being because, <laughs> <laughs> because they're in there. And I used to think, you know, but that, oh, I'm too good for that. I'm, mm -hmm. I, I don't feel that way. Like I'm kind of mom would say that to her kid, but now it's like, you know what I'm doing myself and her and our whole family a disservice. If I don't release that, it's like that dark, you know, Mm -hmm. side. I'm capable of it. I'm capable of anything. So to really just 
unleash that. And then I got back home and Ryan knew that the tensions had been rising before I left. Mm -hmm. And so he looked at me when I walked in, he was like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'm good now. Now we can, now we can have a good morning. Yeah. But when that happens and I, and I look and I step back and, and assess the situation, what was it about her that triggered me? Mm-hmm. And it's that she seemed to just be dicking around, like not taking life seriously. And she knew what time she had to be done. And yet she procrastinated to the last second. And I'm like, okay, that's me. That's totally me. <laughs> like, I know I do that, you know, and it's a work in progress. And I, I do things on time and I'm good about that. But there's this part of me that's still like, hey, how long can we wait? Like, you know, let's see how we can push it. And so that, that clearly is a part of myself that I need to still embrace a little more, love on a little more and be okay with not to keep operating that way, you know, but to, to love that. And then from that place, okay, but what do I really want? I want to be on time. I want to be a woman of my word. So I'll do that. And that's where the whole morning thing came from too. It was just a decision. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to do this. And it, it really does come down to that decision of, and it, it sounds so simplistic and yet humans are just wildly talented at being able to overcomplicate the most simple because that's what our egos do. And yeah. your, your recent decision to start waking up at 4.30 in the morning to do your workouts, to have that greater amount of time for yourself Tell, tell me a little bit more about what went into making that choice to get up at, at you know, not even before the crack of dawn even sees the crack of dawn. <laughs> the moon is still bright and partying. Because <laughs> I mean, I, I, love, I love waking up at five. And I was like, when I saw you waking up at 4.30 on Facebook, I was like, oh, girl. <laughs> like, is that what happens time? for kids? You, just have, oh to, you know, just have to keep pushing it back an hour. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to get up at two. <laughs> I'm going to sleep 30 minutes tonight because <laughs> no, I really value my sleep too. And I know that I, I don't function well if I deprive myself of sleep. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, it was, it, it was, uh, a little over three weeks ago that I was assessing my whole situation. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm coaching clients. I am doing my podcast. I'm doing all these different things. And I still want lots of time with my kids with the little kids while the big kids are in school. I also want to have time when the big kids are out of school so we can do things together and then energy to go and take the big kids on dates and go out with Ryan. Like there's a lot that I want to do. And I also started promoting the ketones a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And I also started writing music again. So I was like, where am I going to put this in? And I looked at my time, like I have time. So what if I just move things around a little bit? I wonder, just curious, you know, what would happen if I did my workout in the morning along with the rest of my morning routine before the kids get up? And then I I just work during the morning and pack that in and get in my zone. And then I have my afternoons unless I have an event or a special call or something. And so I just made a decision. I was like, I I envisioned what that would look like and what that would allow me to do. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. So actually the first day it was five, 5 5 a.m. And I realized that wasn't enough time. So I was like, okay, I'm going to push it back to 4.30. 
then I pushed it back to 430 and that was a sweet spot. Um, but yeah, it was just that decision. It's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do because this is what life is requiring me right now. And I know I'm going to have to go to bed earlier and that's okay. We don't need to watch that extra episode of whatever we're watching. Mm-hmm. Guilty. Totally, <laughs> totally guilty of that one, girl. <laughs> oh, Outlander. Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, you only have time for 20 minutes of an episode tonight if you want to have sex, okay? Like, we got to... Exactly. <laughs> it's either we watch people on Outlander having sex or we, we go right. do it. <laughs> so, right, right. Like, like that which one do you want? As I'm washing the dishes at the end of the night and making the kids their, their breakfast, you know, for the morning, I'm like, what do you want to do tonight? TV or bed? <laughs> <laughs> we need to decide right now no pressure I, I love the fact that you said like that you in order to shape your morning routine you had the vision and then you asked yourself two real like the really important question of like what would that allow you to do and it's those two questions that not the, the other question in my head <laughs> as to why I keep saying two uh the other question in my head is you know what would that do for you? What, how would that make you feel? Those are like the two number mm -hmm. one questions that when you really want to connect to any sort of vision, those two questions will really make it tangible rather yes. than this high in the sky dream. Yes. And I think yeah. you touched on something so powerful of prioritizing and you know, the vision that you have for your life, like, is it really watching that extra episode of... <laughs> of something or is it having that amazing thriving relationship? And I know what the answer already is for you. So yeah. how yeah. did you come, how do you tap into that vision just on a regular basis? So really what's helped me connect with that vision on a, on a daily basis, just consistently throughout the day to snap out of the automatic and think like, okay, wait, wait, what do I want right now? Is this what I want? Is this going to give me what I want? Um, was going through this process that a lot of us go through in coaching. Mm -hmm. And that's like, okay, well, first of all, what do I want? What is it that I want in my life? Okay. Um, what, what will happen if I don't do this? And what could happen if I do do this? So then it creates this bigger gap for myself where I can't just straddle the fence anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to go in one of these, at least one of these directions, you know, just to make it more obvious in my head. If I don't start waking up earlier, then my morning workouts, like I'll either stop working out in the morning so I can get work done, or I'll keep working out at 8 a, at 9 a.m. or whatever, and then I will eat up my mornings and I won't have a good chunk of time. So none of those options seemed okay to me. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at the impact of what would happen. So it's really all in the impact. Like what's the impact if I do it? What's the impact if I don't do it? Okay. And that makes a decision really most of the time pretty obvious for me. And if I don't make that decision that is really obvious for me, then it, it's not long before it catches up to me because my God, it's really isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I love that, you know, you've added things back into your, into your vision for your life that as I, I, being that I work with a lot of multi-passionate people, people that just, you know, they have that main thing, but they also have that side thing. And so tell me how ketones and music are coming back into your life and into the brand and the, the vision that, that you're creating for yourself and, and living on a daily basis. Yeah. 
So that has not been a really tidy process. <laughs> I'm just going to say that up front. Like, what it is this? Is it? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I, I just want to like thank everyone who's been my friend and my family member and everything for the past several months as I'm figuring out. Um, it on the outside, it looks like I'm doing so much, mm-hmm. but really, what it's been, it, it's a process of finding my sweet spot of where everything combines. So that it's not like, okay, now it's ketone time and now it's this time and now it's music time. But it's this flow of life like, okay, when it's album writing time, it's going to be a little heavier on this side. And then when the producers are doing their thing and I'm not so hands-on, then I'm going to be, you know, uh, focusing on something else or growing the the Prove It business. But the ketones really, um, the thing with that is that it unlocked for me physically, like mentally, physiologically, the capacity to even begin writing music again and to get back into the gym. So I, st- I just started um, doing some, some modeling stuff again and a little bit of voiceover work and things here and there. It's just coming. It's coming to me. I'm not even like going after like, I'm going to do this shit, you know? It's just, okay, I would like to do that. And then it's just like it, it shows up. Weird how that is, right? Weird how that is, right? Weird. It's so weird. Um, but uh, I just started getting getting uh, those little stirrings of, like, it's time to create this again. It's time to create music again. And I, I didn't set out to initially record a whole album. I just thought, I have some stuff to say, and I'm going to write it out. And um, so in January, I got in touch with my old producer slash drummer from my band in Nashville. And, um, and I was like, dude, okay, well, you have any tracks for me? Because I think I want to write some stuff. And he's like, yeah, okay. So it just unfolded from there. And now I'm working with four different producers on a shit ton of music. And we're wrapping everything up by the end of May, mid-May. Um, I work fast. Here's the thing. When yeah. I make a decision and I make a commitment, it, not, not at the... Uh, not at the, what's the word? At the peril of the other things that I'm doing, mm-hmm. but to figure out like where this all fits. So the ketones, they fuel me mentally and just physically to do everything that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so because I, I, it has impacted me so much, I decided to join the business as a promoter and then build that business as it builds. Um, and and, and now the focus is a lot on uh, continuing with my clients, um, launching the luncheon series for the Sexy Mamas, and, um, and finishing this album. I am so glad that we're doing this interview now because I am so excited for what you're going to be achieving in the next, in, like at, between this now and the end of the year it's going to be so huge for you and I can feel it. And it's scary. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's like exactly what you said. It's like the, the, you have unlocked the capacity to be able to do that. So because of the ketones, because when you are lacking in energy, like it is like, I, I can speak from personal experience. Like it is hard to yeah. find that creativity, to find that space to even unlock the clarity to make a decision like the mm-hmm. ones that you're making. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit uh, more about what the ketones do for you and what is, what is ketosis for those uh, who don't know? 
Yes. Okay. So a lot of people know about the keto diet where Mm -hmm. you eat really high fat, low carbs, and then it takes days or even weeks to get into the state of ketosis where your body's in fat burning mode. It uses fat for fuel. So what this drink does is within an hour, your body is in ketosis and you're in that mode. Now it's like a dual fuel system. So if you still have carbs in your system, like elite athletes will choose to have both. And then they have, it's like a hybrid car. So it's the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great for people who want to lose fat or, um, for me, I, I really wanted that energy and the clarity. I heard someone I met through a client talk about that. And I thought, you know what, why, why not? Why not? I'll give it a shot. And I'm really glad that I did. So, um, better sleep, better mood, all kinds of stuff. But when you're in this prime fuel state, mm-hmm. it's just like you're, you're operating in a whole other level. So no longer do you have to test your blood and do all these like little strips and, and weigh your food and all of that. You just, you drink it, you eat lower carbs in general, if you really want to feel good and get the most out of it, lots of vegetables mm-hmm. and healthy fats and, and good protein, you know, just a, a wholesome diet. And this gets you just to a whole other operating space. It, it, I mean, and I can say, cause Lucy got me on them and yes. <laughs> I take them in the morning with my, while I do my Pilates and it really has brought out that level of mental clarity that, that I was in need of, especially in those early morning hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I know. The like, first thing I do is I chug this thing down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Half of it. And then I don't have to pee too bad. So I'm, I like, I know that you dreamed of being a singer when, like, when you were just Viv's age, like, at, at so young. So now that you're circling back into that love of music and what you're accomplishing with creating that, would you say that the other parts of your life were also something that you dreamed about doing as a child? Like, if you were, yeah. if you, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah on so many different levels. And I hear Alexia, she's my biggest mirror again, mm-hmm. <laughs> in so many ways. We'll have these conversations where she says, mommy, I think I want to be an author, but I also think I might want to be a singer or maybe I'm like, are you myself? <laughs> are you me? <laughs> like, maybe I want to write music for other people. I think I might want to um, dance. <laughs> Why don't you do all those things? And I mean, I was always that kid who was very passionate about inspiring people and doing just doing things that I felt free and alive doing Mm -hmm. and I never wanted to be in a box and so I had a really hard time just sticking to the one thing even when it was just music because when it was all about just music I felt so limited and I felt burdened and I felt I put all that pressure on that Um, Mm -hmm. so this is, it's a very different experience now. There's not all this pressure of like, I have to make this my money source right now, but I have this freedom to create and put things out there and be honest about how I'm feeling and be real with people and see what that opens up. I also have ideas on what I want to do with my music. Mm -hmm. So like film, TV, um, Zumba, um, different, you know, like retail stores, you know, all these, I want to get it out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm no not going to go tour right now or anything. Yeah. Like, Maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not limiting the possibility. Maybe. I'm just like, it could happen. It could happen. <laughs> I do have this vision of traveling with my family and having events and having concerts. Mm-hmm. And it's like developing. Mm-hmm. But a little hint of that has been there since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I saw myself having a family and a music career. 
Mm. And I just never really figured out how is that going to work? Yeah. But the how is not up to you, right? Nope. Yep. Nope. The how is not up to you. Exactly. It's a good thing too, because I hope I had the, all the pieces to put together for that. Amen. Because if, because you and I came from, like, I had the very similar passion with acting and screenwriting. Yes. And when I was in that, when I was in that area of my life, I was like, well, this isn't entirely fulfilling me. Yeah. And at the same time I was teaching Pilates and I was like, well, I'm really loving the fulfillment that I'm getting from like helping people feel better about their bodies. Yes. And with the screenwriting, it wasn't the, the screenwriting itself, but it was the transformation that that story that I, that mm. I wrote, the transformation that that provided for some people that, that I was able to impact. And yes. when I connected it with that, like I know that screenwriting is going to circle back into my life. Yeah. Music has circled back. Yes. Into yours. It's just not in this season right now. Yeah. Yeah. But when it is time, it's, it's like, okay. Yeah. You just feel it in your bones. Like, okay, this is, this is the time. And it is scary. Yes. Uh, yes. Speaking, speaking of scary, everyone, we all have that fear of failure, right? And I think that our failures can be our greatest launching pad. So what is your absolute, most glorious, epic failure? <laughs> what is the failure you <laughs> love so much? Oh, God. You know, I, I, like, I don't have like that big failure story. Where, like, mm-hmm. oh, I saw my face on this thing completely. But I, I have a lot of micro failures that really deteriorated a lot of my confidence and I feel like they're they're sneaky they're under the radar and they might even look like successes to other people and my pursuit of the music career before was a big failure Mm. to me it felt like a big failure even though I won some awards and I, I got to be on the x factor and I sang in front of big huge crowds of thousands of people it wasn't what I envisioned I was where, where I thought it was going to be. And I mean, I wasn't Beyonce, you know, so (laughs) I didn't make it. So, um, but really the failure in that is that I didn't until recently, like two weeks ago, not even last week, I didn't until last week acknowledge to my husband and our two older kids, how much of an impact it made that they were just kind of along for the ride and it was all about me. That was my biggest failure because it wasn't just that I didn't make it to this pinnacle in my career, but that I had tolerated so much disconnection in my family and justified it with my pursuit of that thing. Mm. And it took me seven years to even see that and then circle back to acknowledging that. So again, one of those things, you know, that I did that. And I, I don't want to carry that around because I felt like this energetic disconnect too. Every time I would talk about it and I would want to get excited, but then I was like, oh, like I could see it in Ryan's eyes. Like he was just a little bit, what's going to happen this time? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be the same shit that you put us through last time? And so clearing all that stuff out and being real about how we feel and um, acknowledging that, that failure. So I don't, I mean, I, I know it's probably not the answer you were. Girl, no, you are, like, you are totally <laughs> speaking my language because one of the things is like I had some really amazing successes 
last year. And after like my business had reached this amazing month, but there was, there was a disconnect that I had made because I had started putting that first. And I had like, after that amazing month, I had like three months that progressively were getting like worse and worse. I was like, what the F is going on? <laughs> like, what's yeah, up yeah, with this? Yeah. And I really had to dial it back to a belief that I had established when I'd had that, like my most successful month yet. And when I really took a look at that, like sometimes it, exactly what you said, that the things that look like successes on the outside can sometimes feel like our biggest failures because it wasn't on that holistic level that we want it to be on as, as the mompreneurs who have it all, you know, in yeah, essence, and we yeah. have the, the husband and, and the, the relationships with our, with our children and with our, the relationships with our client and our business and our money and all of that. If it's not on that holistic level, then that's where the lack of fulfillment can feel like it comes in. Yeah. It seems that's like the an ultimate failure. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Oh, girl. Oh, I don't I oh. have <laughs> What? <laughs> we can go on like just that one track. Oh. So hard. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. We'll save, we'll save it for the day when we're discussing how yeah. awesome your album is doing. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good plan. We'll put a pin in that one. So, <laughs> all right. I, I just, oh my gosh, Lucy, like this conversation has been so powerful. I know everyone listening has gotten just like immense amount of value from, from just learning from your experiences as a mompreneur, as being multi-passionate of of being so vulnerable. And I just, I just have to honor that within you is, is your vulnerability and your authenticity. It always shines. And that's something that's just attracted to me to you as a, as a friend that I'm just like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love this girl. So rapid fire to wrap it up with some fun questions to dive in. So who is your favorite female character in a book or a movie and why? Ooh, Wait, wait, we're going to have to cut this right here because <laughs> I just realized what time it is and I got to go pick up the Lexi. Oh, um, okay. Book, oh, book or care. Oh, shit. I don't know. I'm, I'm more like movies, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking movies. I'm like, what books were in movies? <laughs> movies work. <laughs> um, so yeah, more, more in the movies. I think, um, Anything with Angelina Jolie in it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Two minutes. She's like, tell me I can't. I fucking can't. Yep. But it's just that, that like bold, but sexy and like powerful and yet not like have all the answers, but they figure out, they find a way. Mm-hmm. Okay. One quick question. If your palace had a cursed star, how much money would you have to put in it daily? Uh, how much money per word? <laughs> How much would you charge yourself per word? <laughs> I think I would make it a penny jar so I have plenty of room. <laughs> but it depends on the day. It depends on the situations. Um, usually when we're, usually when I'm saying uncensored words is in the context of um, videos or episodes or um, conversations where it's like, interjecting, enhancing. It would be a lot of money though. It would be a lot. Yeah. (laughs) 
So, and lastly, what do you do to crown yourself? Because I know you have to pick up your daughter. So, oh, to crown myself. What do you do to crown yourself? Um, like to feel amazing. Yeah. What do you do to crown yourself, and what does crown yourself mean to you? Oh, that no, that's a good question. Okay, so when when you ask crown yourself, I picture just feeling sexy and amazing and powerful and fully myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that I like to do to put myself in that space is simply meditating, meditating and working out. Those two things. I feel like I got this, and then I feel open and free. Oh, I love it. So where can we find you? How can our audience learn more about the sexy mama movement and become sexy mamas and ruthlessly committed sexy mamas themselves? <laughs> <laughs> well, anything sexy mama related is at sexymamamovement.com and it's mama spelled M-A-M-A. And then anything with um, my music and any acting and, and coaching is, and books is at lucylampy.com. And Lucy with an I, Lampy with an E. Mm-hmm. And we will have all of that in the show notes for you. Oh my gosh, Lucy, I am so excited for you and what you're about to accomplish this year. Like you are going Thanks, to. Oh, it's going to be so <laughs> I, I love it. Yes, you're going to just soar. And I look forward to seeing how you do it and how you make the how happen holistically with, with your children and with your husband, because I know those are your, your main drivers. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. And for all of you, please, please, please take a screenshot of this episode. If you absolutely loved it, if you are looking forward to being a sexy mama yourself, or if you already are one, take a screenshot, tag Lucy, tag at crown yourself, uh, crown yourself now. Lucy, what's your Instagram? It's at Lucy Lampy. At Lucy Lampy. Tag Lucy Lampy so that you we can see what your insights are so that we can you can follow her please 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 follow her on her journey because this girl is unbelievable she is a rock star wonder woman and you are going to want to see and be at her that concert in the future <laughs> seeing her on stage because she is phenomenal and lucy i i've just been so blessed to have you and be sharing this space with you thank you so, so much thank you so much for inviting me to be here i'm excited to Keep seeing your journey unfold. Yes. Be amazing. Yes. Crown yourself, baby. As always, Woo. my fellow queens and empire builders and kings out there, be sure to own your throne, mind your business, and make it rain. I will see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crown yourself now, or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.